Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. And it is game day tonight right here on 910 The Fan. I'll be doing the pregame show before we pass it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. And I'm broadcasting live from River City Roll. And join us here at River City Roll. We're bowling, live music, flexible event spaces, and a chef-created menu converge in the heart of Richmond's Scots edition. And I told the audience I will be bowling every commercial break here. And, uh, JC, typical AWOD fashion, two gutter balls to start the day. Two dang gutter balls. No. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not warmed up. I didn't stretch at all. I, I, you know, I worked out yesterday so I could feel it in my pecs when I rolled it. It was, it was off. I've, I've already been told you don't spin the ball, you hook the ball. And so I'm going to be making a ton of mistakes today. I know that. But uh, hopefully next commercial break we'll come back and say, oh, AWOD hit a strike or a spare, not uh, double zero. Well, you, hey, you know what they say, every mistake is a potential lesson learned, right, bud? Yeah, no, you're right about that. You could come right, out of this us- day being really good at bowling. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I've, I've bowled my whole life. I'm I'm uh, very mediocre. Uh, <laughs> but joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you can check him out on Mondays hosting Who's Talking alongside Frank Maloney. It's Jim Hobgood. What's going on? Hey, Adam, how are you? Hey, Hobo. by the way, uh, you know, speaking of bowling, Hobo, you know, you I'm there? from... Yeah, you, JC, I yeah. can't hear Habo. All right, one second. Go ahead, Jim. Habo, Habo, Habo. Yes, I'm right, talking. Uh, or, or... Ah. <laughs> we got you now. Okay, good, good. I was just going to say, you know, I'm I'm from uh, Western Pennsylvania. There are two things that you learn in Western Pennsylvania, and that is how to drink beer and how to bowl. So the next time. <laughs> Next time you're looking for a bowling oppo- opponent, you know, I'm your guy. You know, I mean, uh, but anyway, yeah, maybe you need those gutter guards that the little kids have. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm going to be here every Friday, Habo. So, yeah, uh, feel free to come on yeah, by man, and, yeah, and show me your stuff. For, uh, it, it's a little early in the day to drink, but I mean, certainly have a, 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 a iced tea and a, a, a something to eat and while we uh, enjoy a little bowling action. But at any rate, yeah, big big night in college basketball. You say VCU, I guess, at the Siegel Center, and obviously Virginia and Virginia Tech both playing down in Charlotte. And I guess a triple header. I think there's a game, uh, maybe Liberty plays before even Virginia plays at 7 o'clock. So, yeah, the college basketball, we're in what I call the transitionary period, you know, where you still have football, but basketball is going too. So there's a lot of action for you to talk about. Oh, my gosh, there's so much. And it is the Hall of Fame series from Charlotte, the Spectrum Center tonight, where UVA will play against Florida. Both teams uh, 1-0 on the season. The line's UVA minus 1.5. I mean, it just feels like this is going to be a a really tough battle here, a close game, probably a lower-scoring game. Uh, What's your preview on this one, Habo? Yeah, it's interesting. Florida has a, a, a guard, Riley Kujel, I guess it is, uh, Kujel, and uh, he's projected to be an NBA uh, potential first-round pick, and you got uh, Reese Beekman, so that'll be an interesting matchup to watch, uh, you know, Riley in their opening game against the mighty Greyhounds of Loyola, Maryland, had 23 points. Obviously, that's a little different level of competition than uh, Virginia, and you know, Beekman, everybody knows, is a premier defender, so that'll be an interesting thing to watch. And 
Of course, if Virginia has a weakness, it's probably their interior offense. They're a little thin in the uh, the front court. Obviously, Blake Buchanan is a freshman. Uh, Jack Groves is sort of a he's a four guy, uh, really more than a five, and he's almost a stretch four as much as anything else can go out and shoot the three. The one uh, individual that was expected to be a force is Jordan Minor, uh, and I'm just looking here. He actually did play 11 minutes the other day. My sense is he defensively is taking a little longer to catch on to the old Tony Bennett pack line uh, defense, which which can be apparently uh, time consuming to get up to speed in that regard. So, uh, but it, certainly he's going to have to play well as the season unfolds, uh, and he, he's. He looks like a football tight end. I mean, he's <laughs> he's a big fella. Not only six uh, eight, but he's solid. He's a solid six eight, as they would say. Uh, but yeah, it it should be. Uh, you know, Florida is picked. I think seventh in the SEC uh, preseason. They're coming off, uh, I think, a sixteen seventeen year last year that they went to the NIT. But it's it's an early season test. It'll be yeah. uh, an indication. Uh, you know, I, I, we're all learning. Uh, and Virginia, like a lot of people, uh, has a revised roster. So a bunch of guys playing significant minutes that were have never been on the floor in a Virginia uniform before. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think most UVA fans will focus in on Reese Beekman and Ryan Dunn to have a good performance. But I think the Hoos get a win if Isaac McNeely is able to hit you know, 40% of his three-point shots and gets double digits. Yeah, they uh, they made 10 threes the other night against uh, Tarleton State. Uh, you know, the one guy I think a lot of people were anticipating is uh, Leon Bond, and, and he is going to be a terrific player. I mean, I, I think Virginia has three NBA guys on the roster in Beekman, Dunn, and Leon Bond. He's he's that that good. So, you know, you got three guys on the roster that are going to play uh, in the NBA. That, that's a good start. So you just need to fill in some of the other pieces. And I think Groves and Rhodey and, uh, and Dante Harris, you know, it's good to have a second point guard as well. And he's going to get a lot of minutes. So, you know, Tony, I think routinely is going to certainly go eight deep, if not ten deep, uh, you know, throughout the year, may have different starting rotation or starting lineups depending upon matchups and uh, how guys are playing. So it'll be interesting. You know, basketball's a long season. It's it's November. It's a long long way to to March. Uh, but I I think the Hoos have a chance to be really good. It's Jim Hobgood, Hobbo with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can check him out on Who's Talking alongside Frank Maloney Mondays on 910 The Fan and going around college basketball in the state of Virginia. Hobbo, how much have you watched James Madison with their two victories against Michigan State and then a double overtime win against Kent State? I, I haven't seen a lot of it because uh, I was actually at the Virginia game in person on Monday. So, uh, but, but I certainly heard a lot about the the surprising uh, overtime win against the the Spartans. Uh, that that's kind of the early shocker in college basketball. But yeah, it's it's a good time to be a James Madison Duke. Uh, basketball <laughs> off to a great start. Football at nine and zero. Big article in the Wall Street Journal today about James Madison football. So, they, yeah, the uh, athletic program over in Harrisonburg has a lot to be proud of. So we'll 
we'll see how their uh, season unfolds. Uh, as you say, VCU kind of surprising loss in game one. I realize maybe their best player is not currently playing due to an injury, uh, but I, I have a lot of faith in Coach Odom. He's a terrific coach, and he'll get things back on track pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, Habo, how long have you been following Coach Odom's career? Well, since the beginning, you know, I, I remember him back in the day when he was riding riding his bicycle from his home to University Hall. You know, when his dad <laughs> was an assistant coach at Virginia. So yeah, he's 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 sort of like Tony Bennett. You know, he, he's been around basketball his whole life. Any anything he can remember uh, involved basketball. So I think those those kind of coaches that have been around basketball their whole life have kind of a head start and oftentimes do very well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think VCU, uh, I know they were sorry to, to lose uh, the coach that went to Penn State, but uh, I think they've got a real find in Ryan Odom. Yeah, I, I love that story. Do you have any other stories of Ryan Odom from his time at UVA? Not particularly. Obviously, that was that was a fun time to be at UVA. You know, his dad was there back in the Ralph Sampson era, and of course, Jim Laranega was on the bench with Coach Odom. So you had uh, Terry Holland, Jim Laranega, and Dave Odom. So I, you know, you'd have to do the math on that. But between the three of them, they have a lot of uh, W's in their coaching careers. Uh, but yeah, Coach Odom, uh, and of course, the interesting thing about him is. Coach Holland wanted Dave to succeed him at UVA back in 1990 when Terry retired. And the then athletic director, Jim Copeland, wouldn't commit to that. And Dave got the offer in the meantime from Wake Forest. So even Terry told him, hey, you got to accept that because you got no guarantees here. Mm-hmm. So maybe Virginia lost out in that regard by not getting Coach Odom to stay in Charlottesville. But he had a great, great uh, tenure at Wake Forest and you know some of the great teams with uh, Tim Duncan, Randolph Childress uh, had a great run at Wake Forest. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, the the Odom family, uh, terrific, terrific family, wonderful people. I think uh, Coach Odom he'll he'll recruit well at VCU, and they should be uh, delighted and honored to have him as their head coach for as long as he's there. Absolutely. No, that was a really cool throwback story there, uh, going back in the day to UVA when his father was there. And uh, I, I I feel like I could sit down and talk to you all day and ask more questions about it. But we got to run, Habo. I appreciate you taking the time to join the show, man. Absolutely. Anytime. Look forward yep. to it. That sounds good. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, and I'm broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition, and River City Roll is also now the new sponsor for the Black and Gold Fan Podcast with new episodes coming out every week. It's me alongside Chris Mason, Connor Bailey, and Caleb Jones talking all things VCU hoops, and joining me right now is a former VCU Hooper in the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hot seat, Ed Nixon. What's going on, Ed? Nothing much, man. Ready for tonight. 
Absolutely. So uh, game tonight, uh, I'm fired up for that one. Uh, but we're here at River City Roll, and uh, this is a great place to be, hang out, watch college sports and all that good stuff. I've been here a couple times. I haven't bowled here yet, but I have some of their food. It's really good. Yeah. No, I love the pizza. But if you can see, I've been bowling throughout the commercial breaks, and I only had one good roll, and it was six yeah. pins. It's been really bad. Do you have any bowling advice for me? Uh, yes. Line your feet up with the dots. Okay. And try to keep your elbow close. Oh, really? That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Did you guys bowl when you were with VCU? Uh, for fun. Brandon Rozelle is a really good bowler. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> He's a good three-point shooter yeah. and a good bowler. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> he, he did that on his, on, his, uh, on his free time a lot. Yeah, really? Absolutely. All right, so um, first, before we get to the game tonight, let's get your reactions from the uh, disappointing loss to McNeese State. Disappointing, yes. Uh, expected, kind of. Oh, really? It's they're a completely new team yeah. with no experience for real in, throughout the roster. You have Toby LaWall, you have Fats, you have Bam and Saul who, who didn't even play. Uh, Jay Nelson got some playing time at Richmond, but playing in this system is completely different, and this is their first time playing, and they're missing Sean Bar- Barristow, who's yeah. the leader of the team. Well, that was the big thing that I noticed is that, you know, Ryan Odom strategically brought in Barristow and Shoga because they're big playmakers at Utah State, but because they're going to help everyone learn the offense. And I right. felt like they, the guys were kind of shot happy at two point, too early in the shot clock. The other right. I mean, I think they wanted to play fast. Uh-huh. You, you know what I mean? Um, but I think the pressure of the stew being packed out like that, um, McNeese State, let's give them some credit, them coming out and punching VCU in the mouth, yeah. getting up 20. They hit a lot of shots. Right, especially early. The first half, they hit a lot of contested shots that were – you know, challenge pretty good, but they just happen to go in because they're talented players, and that was just that just made it uh, every every move, every shot, every defensive possession had so much weight on it. And you know, them not being that much of an experienced team and not having that chemistry to bond together like that, it's a lot to handle. Ed Nixon with us here at, from River City Roll, and you were a defensive specialist at VCU, and the defense let me down, and, and Ryan Odom talked about it as well. Like, too many times they let the guys, right-handed guys, get to the right side of the basket, mm-hmm. and that's so frustrating because that's the one thing you should focus on most, right? Well, I mean, you got to know your scouting report. You know, the coaches spend hours and hours on them watching film and die, uh, putting together this plan. You have to follow the plan, Right. And then on top of that, I felt like a lot of the time we got confused with our communication, which led to us being out of position, which led to being late for help side yeah. assignments. So we have to tighten that up, especially going into tonight's game. There were some bright spots on the offensive side of the ball, including the backcourt with Zeb Jackson and Max Scholga uh, knocking down some threes. I-, I was really impressed with Zeb's ability to be a leader. I mean, he nearly had a triple-double. Almost. And, uh, I mean, this was basically – I think he started one game last year when Ace or Jaden was hurt, but this was basically his first start as the captain and the point guard. Absolutely. And that's the thing about this whole team. Everybody's stepping into new roles, right? And I think Zeb, he played pretty good the second half, right? The first half, I thought he had some jitters. He missed some early shots, turned it over, and I think he got into his head a little bit. Um, I also don't want to see Zeb shooting 12 threes. Yeah. He's capable, right? But he's so much better at attacking the basket because he's one of the most athletic guards in the country. Right. He's he's a capable shooter. He's not Troy Daniels or Steph Curry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do what you do best and then show people that you can shoot a three so they respect you, right? So I say Zeb should probably have like six – Six threes per game, something like that. Other than that, attack the cup. Because not only are you good at finishing for yourself, you can create so much for your other players as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a fine line because, like you said, they want to play quick. They want to attempt a lot of three-point shots, but uh, you know, maybe they should work it inside and then let it kick back out because that was the issue I noticed was you didn't get enough from Furman and Roosevelt Wheeler down low. Well, I don't think they're – I don't think their games are back-to-the-basket players, right? Uh, I thought Will Wade and uh, Brandon Chambers did a really good job of running the matchup zone that they were doing. Uh, that created some confusion. They were switching everything. You want you want to get Furman and Roosevelt into some screen action or get downhill as a guard and create for them. You don't want to just throw it into them because I don't think that's their game, right? Yeah. So they have to be a little bit more aggressive on – Offensive rebounding—that's where—that's where we can we can get some extra points. So you gotta you gotta figure out where you can get your points as 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 a big man who doesn't necessarily have an offensive game like that. Score on your own—you have to find other ways you can impact the game. Now it is just one game; it's a tiny sample size. But right. last season, team also got off to some slow starts, and that was the issue. They went down by twenty at home. I mean, that was just too many points to recover from. Right. I mean, twenty points is a lot. That's a lot in the first half. That's a lot for a new coach, a new system, new players, first game. It's a lot to overcome. And then, we, like, if you're watching an NBA game, if somebody's down the first 20 of the first quarter, by the time third quarter's come back around, they can be up by 10. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in college basketball, the game is, is so much slower, so it's less opportunity to come back. you got to fight so hard that usually if you let yourself get in that big of a hole, it's extremely hard to climb out of it. You might be able to show some fight. But you're going to get to a point where it's a seven-point game, then it's a 10-point game, a six-point game, then it's an 11-point game. And that's exactly what happened Monday. Ed Nixon hanging out with us here at River City Roll. Uh, VCU with another home game tonight. You can hear it right here on 910 The Fan. Ed, what's it going to take to get a win? Uh, togetherness, uh, communication, and everybody buying into their role. Okay. Everyone buying into the role. I like that. What do you think Kwani Kwani's role is? Because I, I know he – I mean, like I, we've talked about on the podcast, we kind of expect him to eventually become a double-digit scorer because he can do it from the outside, he can do it from the inside. He's such a unique, talented player. Um, if I had to guess Kwani Kwani's stats, I would want him to be somewhere between 8 to 10 points mm-hmm. and 6 to 10 rebounds. Yeah. You know, he – And he some should, of those offensive. Right. He should be a glue guy. Yeah. He should be the best glue guy. Focus on being the best glue guy you can be, and I think that propels VCU to another level. Offensively, what kind of improvements do you want to see? I want to see more uh, attacking, getting uh, paint touches. Uh, we did a lot of good things once we got into the paint. Uh, uh, Shoga getting into the paint, dropping off the toe of the wall. He yeah. had six six points easily. Right, you three know, straight what? dunks. Right, right. Yeah. absolutely. Zeb Jackson getting into the paint, kicking out to, to Billups for threes. Like, we have to get more paint touches. I, I felt Monday we did too much uh, passing on the perimeter. Yeah. And then taking threes that were good shots, but they weren't great shots because we didn't get the penetration to get the defense moving. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I totally agree with you there uh, from the half-court offense. For me, I want to see them improve transition offense. I feel like Mm -hmm. we had a lot of three-on-two, three-on-one fast breaks that ended in turnovers, Mm -hmm. right? It should have been a layup, but instead it was a steal for McNeeson. They were going the other way and had a four-on-three break. And I think that's where I think Max can really improve, right? I think Zeb Zeb needs to just attack more Mm because I think he settled and let the defense off the hook by taking transition threes. And I think Max has to realize – uh, when when to speed up the game and when to go his pace. This pace is a real smooth, methodical play, uh, pace. 
but he has to know when to kick it in into that that third gear and get downhill and kick it, kick it up to the player so they can attack. But I think that's part of just learning each other. Ed Nixon hanging out with us here from River City Roll. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. We'll get to our keys to victory and uh, some talking points for the Rams' home game tonight from the Seagull Center. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. What's up, Ram Nation? I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. And I need to let all VCU fans know that you can join Sports Radio 910 The Fan, myself, Adam Epstein, and Club D3 Travel as we broadcast live from the ESPN Events Invitational Basketball Tournament this Thanksgiving weekend at the Walt Disney World Resort. You can cheer on the Rams as they take on Iowa State, maybe Virginia Tech, Penn State is a possibility, a ton of good teams. Exclusive tournament packages are presented by Club D3 Travel. So whether you want to stay on property or off, D3 gets you in on the action. Club D3 is owned and operated by a VCU alum and Disney experts. Go online, clubd3travel.com. That's clubd3travel.com to book your trip. And even if you can't go this Thanksgiving, they can help you get to Disney World uh, whenever you want to go. And Ed Nixon will be going as well. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm not going down there on Thanksgiving, though. I'm going Friday morning. Oh, you're going Friday morning. Friday morning. You got to do Thanksgiving with the family. Absolutely. We're we're, we're all traveling to South Carolina because that's where my wife's side of the family's from. And we're going to have a big Thanksgiving there, and then I'm flying out the next morning. Nice. And then there's a game. What, is it Saturday and Sunday there's a game? No, Saturday is a day off. Saturday's the day off, right. So Friday... You know, we're going to go at it. Friday. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, there's so many great storylines there, right? Because you've got Virginia Tech, right? Another local school here right. with Coach Young. Penn State's going to be in the building. And J.D. Byers is at Penn State, uh, Virginia Tech, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, Former, man. Uh, he was a coach here last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so Ed will be on the call tonight on TV on Masson alongside uh, T.J. Wangert. Always cool to see you on TV, man. Man, I you know, it's something I kind of fell into that I really love to do. Um, talk Well, it's VCU basketball. I, right. I have a passion for it. So I, I get paid to talk what I'm probably going to do on my couch anyway. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. I, I love it. And it's a different perspective being courtside. Like, I, I love that seat. And, I'll, and you'll notice uh, just as much as I, like, that my favorite thing is when the ref comes over to talk to you and they mm-hmm. explain something, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, and sometimes sometimes I don't need them to explain it. I already, I already <laughs> know what's going on. Yeah. But. You know, there's there's certain situations where we have a tech, and you just don't know what happened. What what did they see? What did they hear? So those those type of things are really unique. So it is the Rams against the Sanford Bulldogs from Birmingham, Alabama. They're zero and one on the season. Rams looking for their first win. What's going to take? Uh, I would say this: Sanford is a really good team. They're an experienced team. Um, they play extremely fast, and they press like old school VCU. Oh. So make or miss, they're going to be in our face, and they play extremely hard, and they play together. They move the ball very well, as you know. So 
VCU is going to have to be on their on their A game. Yeah, that was one thing that was frustrating for me is I felt like we had way too many turnovers. And you know, Jason Nelson played high level AAU basketball, played at Richmond last year. He was he's too good to turn the ball over in the backcourt. Like he he can dribble past the trap. And so I think him and Zeb and and Shulga, they've got to be better against the press. And when you beat it, set it up with an easy basket. They have to attack the pressure. Yeah. Right. You can't sit back and be reactionary you have to you have to actually attack the pressure you can't be on on your heels because if you are that's advantage Sanford yeah and they will turn you over and they will be back in your face 94 feet again so I think the key to this attack the pressure and you know you got to get in that paint and you got to create for each other yeah no you're right I don't want to you know beat the pressure and then just toss up a three and then all of a sudden you're defending Mm -hmm. uh, for 30 seconds so I think my first key to victory though uh, we talked about this last segment is I need more points from the starting center and the backup center Furman Mm -hmm. and Roosevelt Wheeler and like you said I don't think it's on them as much as it is on Max and Zeb to drive and dish like they did in the exhibition game when Roosevelt Wheeler was seven of seven yeah, and and to be honest with you, I I think that this game will be different. I don't think I don't foresee Sanford coming out and playing a matchup zone. I think they're going to go man to man, right? Which that benefits us in a sense because now now that you're not switching, somebody's going to have to guard Zeb Jackson. If we do run the screen roll, somebody's going to have to guard Zeb Jackson. Yeah. Somebody's going to have to guard Max. Somebody's going to have to guard Jay Nelson, and we're going to be able to take advantage of certain uh, mismatches and create for others. So. I think this game is is going to look a little bit different. We're going to be a little bit looser. You know, we're not going to be as uptight. But I do fear if we get down early, we we may start to panic. Yeah, right, and I don't want that to happen. So that's why my, my key number two is, is to get off to a hot start. Offensively and defensively, I mean, we have so much length that we should be blocking as a team from like eight shots a game. I mean, I, I agree, but that all starts with being in the right position. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're out of position, you can't. You can't block the shot because you're not where you're supposed to be. So I, I think that the, the coaching staff really uh, – what's the word? They really addressed the defense mm-hmm. in, in these leading up to these practices, and I believe they had great practices, great energy, and they're really locked in, and they really want to win. Um, so I'm just looking forward to see what they have tonight. Max Scholga really impressed me with his outside shooting, mm-hmm. and uh, it just kind of seems like he can get himself a shot anytime down the court. Did Ma- you notice that? Yeah, Mac- Max is a smooth. He's a smooth criminal. You know what I mean. <laughs> he, his his game is he goes at his own pace, right? So when you have a player like that goes at his own pace, he's going to get to the spots on the floor that he wants to get to. He has a capability of shooting it from from deep, um, and we're going to need that tonight. And we're also going to need his leadership. He is probably the most experienced player that we're going to have playing tonight um, from a winning program. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. He's going to have to really step up and be vocal along with him and Zev Jackson if VCU looks to prevail in this matchup. Michael Bell is such an interesting player because he is ready to play at this level Mm -hmm. defensively and with rebounding. Mm -hmm. Offensively, there were a few times where I felt like guys closed out too quickly on him and he could have just gone right past them and finished. And He got himself in no man's land a little bit. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. And that comes with more experience, you know, and being more comfortable. Um and the only thing that's going to fix that is time. Yeah. You know, for Michael Bell and even even Fats. Fats is he's a yeah. red shirt freshman, you know. Right. So this it, is going to take time for them for those guys to to really feel comfortable within the offense, this new system and uh really start to see see them benefit from it. So yeah. be patient. Yeah, you know, cuz Fats had that one play where he was kind of in the middle of nowhere and pulled up with a runner and it's like, you know, 
where's the mid-range jump shot? It, it's, right. it's dead in college hoops sometimes. Well, well and, and the crazy the crazy thing about that is Fats is a very capable mid-range shooter. I see him shoot it in practice. So it's it's just them getting comfortable. That's all yeah. it really is. And, yeah. and the game's slowing down. Right now, the, the game is so fast for them. Um, and once they get to slow down, you'll see the, the best of Michael Bell, the best of Fast Billups. All right, so you can hear Ed Nixon call the game tonight on Masson. Always cool to do the color for your own school, right? Right. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> no, it's all a ton of fun. And I'll be on the broadcast, 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM, and on our sister station, 98.5 FM, with Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. So have you been out to the BDC recently to see these guys practice? Um, I, I've been out there last week. Not, okay. I didn't want to – after the loss, I, did, I didn't want to show up there and just, you know, partake. That was uh, – those those are practices where I call, like, intimate practices. Yeah. Where to be all the players are just locked in with the coach and staff, and they need to figure some things out. So, I, I've been before yeah, the so first what were, game. What were your observations when you went to see practice? Well, one, there's always somebody hurt. You know, this team has been struck with an injury bug, and they really haven't had their full team competing – and practicing together um, without something over their head, whether it be Sean, whether it be Bamasol, you know, there's always something. Yeah. So um, that's one thing I noticed. But they just have some growing pains. They're going to have some growing pains this whole season. And hopefully, you know, with the coaching staff, and I, I have full trust in Coach Odom, Darius, Bradford, all those guys. Um, I have full trust in them. But this is going to take some time to bring some of the guys along to get to the product that we really want to put on the floor. Yeah, no, and, and you mentioned the guys that you played with, Darius Theus and Bradford Burgess, and they're in new roles, and it, it's going to take them time. Like, you know, I noticed during the game, you know, when they were in timeout that uh, Theus was kind of just kind of listening and paying attention, and I said to my friends, I know when he gets more comfortable, he's going to, like, grab Jason Nelson and be like, hey, you can do this, this, and this. It's all about getting more comfortable in your role there. Right, and, you know, it's a learning experience for everybody, right? Uh, Bradford has you know, did uh, this stuff for the Bulls, this stuff for OKC, but now he's coming back and coaching college, which is a completely different animal. Darius has been an assistant coach for two years, including this one, and now he's in a new system. First he was at Siena. So now you got you don't want to step over, overstep your boundaries. It's all about learning and being comfortable, and it's a learning process for everybody. And as the season goes, we'll get better. How many points do you think we're going to score as a team tonight? I mean, everybody was so shocked with the exhibition, 110 points, and then, mm. you know, three-point shooting wasn't falling the other night. I thought we did better second half of uh, three-point shooting. Um, but I think tonight's game we're going to probably – say 70. Okay. Plus 70. Okay. So maybe a, a race to 75 points uh, yeah. to get the win tonight. Because I believe the pace is going to be extremely fast. Okay. So I, I, I do believe we get 70. Ed, always appreciate you stopping by. You know my uh, my line's always open anytime you need to come on the show and promote anything or anything like that. Appreciate uh, that, man. Appreciate Thank it, man. You. Yep. And uh, check him out on Masson tonight. We usually say pause or mute the TV and listen yeah. to Robbie. <laughs> but when Ed's on, you can keep the TV volume going. <laughs> That's Ed Nixon. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. 
I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And phone lines are always open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. And 910 The Fan is proud to be the home of the Richmond High School football broadcast game of the week. Every week you can hear the game of the week right here on 910 The Fan with Gary Hess alongside Coach Gary Criswell. And he joins me right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. What's going on, Coach Chris? Hey, Awad. How you doing, buddy? It's uh, You're at the place we met and the uh, – the, the the football uh, deal in the fall loved it. I loved that loved that location. Looking forward to joining you one uh, Friday afternoon and kick back and have some fun. Absolutely, thanks so much, man. And it was uh, awesome to have you here at River City Roll for football festival. And you gave a really great high school football preview alongside Gary Hess and Lane Casadante. And uh, the playoffs begin this weekend. So let's start with number one, Highland Springs facing off against Cosby. Yeah, Highland Springs, Cosby. Uh, Cosby's on its on its way back. I was impressed with the uh, with the coaching step, what he had to say, and a little preview we had at Richmond Touchdown Club. And uh, but you know this is going to be a walk walkover game for for Highland Springs. Uh, the thing for the Springers is they've got the co-player of the year, Christian Martin, as a quarterback, but his stats are not very gaudy, and I'm not uh, sure. If if this is a strategy, but I think Coach Lauren Johnson, who's had you know tons of success at the state level, to to say the least, uh, might be holding some stuff back because they like uh, Dinwiddie in Division Four. They played a great not only uh, in-state schedule outside the area, but also um, they went to uh, other states and played. And I think it made them a little bit tougher, even though that you know they were. Uh, uh, kind of saddled with, with with a loss in in both programs, but I think it, in the long run it's going to make them ready for the playoffs. And then we've got uh, another good one. So it's it's all going on this weekend. Glenn Allen against Oscar Smith. This is a good four five matchup. Yeah, it's a good four five matchup. Oscar Smith is a, is a name synonymous with success at high school football level. They this is their second trip to the. Um, to uh, 804, and uh, they beat Hermitage in the first game of the season. And uh, Oscar Smith was living a little bit by reputation. We're going to be fine. We're going to find out if Glenn Allen can step up to that. Um, Glenn Allen's, you know, a relatively new program in, in, in Division Six, but they've uh, their two losses are to uh, other playoff teams, and so um, I look for a really good contest. And I think Gary and I will. Go, be out there on on the sideline looking at that and giving some uh, social media reports because our our, our game of the week is tomorrow for the uh, for the in the prep league semifinals uh, St. Christopher's at Benedictine. Yeah, absolutely. So the high school football broadcast game of the week is this Saturday with so much going on uh, with college basketball on Friday. But there are a ton of good uh, games on Friday as well, and that's uh, including Thomas Dale against Western Branch and then Manchester against Lansden. And uh, Thomas Dale, undefeated this season. They lose their quarterback. They replace him with another Ethan and have just kept cruising, Coach. Yeah, and the the funny thing of it is, the other Ethan uh, may even be as uh, physically uh, m- more fit for quarterback 
than the, the mentor kid who's going to head UVA and, and probably play in the alley uh, in a you know in a strong safety role. Uh, he's got a little bit of natural arm. Obviously, he didn't have the experience of running the offense and all, but now he's got that. He's shown it, and they uh, they put up big numbers against uh, Dinwiddie in his in his second game. So uh, Thomas Dale's undefeated. Uh, we've got. You know, when you get Holland Springs, Glen Allen, Thomas Dale, and Manchester all in Division Six, uh, it bodes well for 804. Um, Thomas Dale will be interesting because they, they've had kind of a playoff drought uh, since, it really, honestly, consistently since their state championship in 2009, which, by the way, was won at the expense of Oscar Smith. Move over to Class 5, and you got a really good 4-5 matchup with Hermitage against Freeman. Yeah, that's the other one we're going we're, we're to go to. Uh, Hermitage and Freeman have both kind of been mystery teams, uh, partially because of Hermitage. They've just had um, a pretty big turnover on the offensive side of the football. They, they're pretty uh, stout defensively. Uh, Freeman because of injury. So I think both teams are in a little bit better place here. Uh, Hermitage has lost a couple of really close contested games, including a, uh, you know, a missed field goal at the end of the game to keep from, uh, from defeating Glen Allen, which could have changed the playoff picture a lot. But uh, now they find themselves in a tough four and five game. And that's probably the other game Gary and I will be uh, doing some stuff live from. Yep, and like we mentioned, the broadcast game of the week is Benedictine hosting St. Christopher's. Give us a little preview of that one. Well, you know, it's the 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 old Richmond guy in me wants to point out that it's the two uh, the the only two male only schools in eight oh four, and uh, so they meet on the gridiron here, and it's usually a twice a year affair. Coach uh, Collins team from uh, St. Christopher's kind of played in the background a little bit because of Trinity, the notoriety with Trinity and Benedictine who started showing up in the, you know, together in the, uh, all the top 10 rankings during the season. And then Benedictine suffered that big setback in the, in the regular season last week against Trinity, uh, which was an opportunity for us to do the first prep league game that we had ever done at night on 910, which my, my involvement dates back to 1996. And, uh, it was, it was great to do that. And we're, we're happy to be that, be back in that game. Uh, obviously Dinwiddie's, you know, uh, Dinwiddie, I mean, so I'm sorry, big King's looking for a, uh, second chance, second bite of the apple, uh, with Trinity Episcopal, who also has a tough, uh, semifinal game at, at home against Flint Hill from Northern Virginia. Yeah, we we haven't mentioned Dinwiddie yet. So, uh, what's their schedule like? Well, Dinwiddie actually played last night, and 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 they uh, they defeated Eastern View forty two twenty five in a really really solid game. Eastern View is in from the Cold Pepper area, uh, and they are perennially in this tournament uh, in Class Four Region B. So, Dinwiddie moved on. Our only eight oh four team to lose. Um, last night was Hanover. They they went down to the number one seed, uh, King George, by a score of forty to twenty eight. And in over in Division three in the city over at Hovey Field, uh, Virginia Union let them use their uh, facility. 
Um, Thomas Jefferson uh, defeated Goochland 20 to nothing. Coach Chris, really appreciate you taking the time, man. Final thoughts on the high school football playoffs beginning this weekend. I, I will tell you, we've been blessed with state champions. I'm trying to figure out where it's going to come from. Uh, you know, you catch our shows on thir- our show on Thursday night. We talk, we'll talk a little bit more as we go into it. Uh, but uh, we have solid contenders in Division Six. Um, I think the right team comes out of a hot team comes out of Division Five. We'll be in great shape there. Division Four, we've got Verona, uh and Powhatan and Huguenot. Which, by the way, if you're looking for the best first round game, uh, Powhatan and Huguenot, a three six matchup in Division Four would be great. So, uh, look, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to you know shine some light on the on the playoffs. You got a big show going on with VCU. By the way, I enjoyed the uh, Ed Nixon uh, segment. Uh, he was one of my favorite players when he when he came through. So uh, you know, it's a it's a great time to be in, in sports broadcasting right now. And I'm, you know, I hope I'll be an honorary member of the AWOD Army. Of course, yeah. No, we've got to come up with a, a name for you. I already have a a sergeant and a general. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys. <laughs> you know, there's been some there's been some favorite favorite uh, some famous corporals in history. So okay. maybe maybe we can do one of those one of those deals. No, I like that, and it works with your name, Corporal Criswell. Corporal Chris, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and we'll hear you Saturday on the fan. Looking forward to it. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back.